Silence is golden, especially when it comes to brakes. That's why Napa Silent Guard are built to be one of the smoothest and most quiet brakes on the market. Made with fiber-reinforced shims that eliminate noise for the life of the pad, rubber-coated hardware for a better fit, and quality design that meets and exceeds OE performance. Silent Guard brakes deliver the stopping power drivers demand. Available now at Napa locations nationwide. Again, it is Crew Call here on the Motor Racing Network, taking you into the garage area and talking to the folks that make the race cars go around the racetracks. I am Steve Post, pit road reporter for the Motor Racing Network, joined by 25-time and championship-winning crew chief Todd Gordon. Hello, Todd. How are you? I'm doing great. Oh, upstate New York. How can we be doing? How can we not be doing well after a trip to upstate New York? I brought home two dozen ears of sweet corn. You got sweet. I, you know yes, what? I, did. I was driving into the track, and I'm like, if I saw a sweet corn stand where we were driving, Chris Wilner, who was wheeling our car, would have been pulling into that stand. But I didn't. I should have thought about it earlier in the weekend. There is a there. There is one that there's a lady that used to bring me corn to the really? racetrack, uh, and she reminded me. We call her the corn stalker. The corn stalker. Because she'd funny. stand outside the holler with corn and be like, is Todd around? Is Todd around? That's she correct. knew my aunt, um, but, yeah. but they've got a great little stand about eight miles south of the, of the racetrack. Oh, gosh. And uh, I actually diverted after our meeting. I diverted my plan to go down there. Uh, I picked up four dozen ears, dropped a couple dozen uh, off to a friend of man. mine. and You won. Yeah, we, I had sweet corn yesterday. Man, you had, you, had, you, had, you had a better day than Rudy Fugel did with getting a sweet corn. I wouldn't. Yeah, I, uh, maybe not. I think you, you, I think, also, yeah, you yeah. also had a Hoffman hot dog at Oswego Speedway, too. I did. Man, you I lived did. right. I, I, I did. And it was great to get back to the Steel Palace and uh, enjoy the final regular season race up there. I, I got the last two features. It was a little late after the Xfinity race, but uh, a great weekend of racing. Yeah, really, truly was. Let's, let's jump on the, the Rudy Fugel bandwagon, if you will. Uh, a team that uh, had such a great start to the season, uh, but needed needed a performance like they had on Sunday at Watkins Glen. Yeah, and I think they got to show the performance that they had at Indianapolis as well. Three uh, time failure in inspection at, at Indianapolis cost them the opportunity to qualify, and it cost them their, their pit selection. Mm-hmm. They started dead last in the field, and and honestly, we can get into this as a bigger yeah. piece. Road course racing is is a challenge because of how expeditious it is and and they made a drive from tail end i think well something like that yeah some, somewhere around there i thought a really good drive forward at, at indy they qualified second here <laughs> they didn't have that far to they go. had that same pace <laughs> uh they they did a really good job of, of getting to the front and controlling the race kudos to those guys they've they've had a lull I, as i, I kind of documented our, our run william byron won atlanta yep. july 9th had a 21 point points lead at that point Went into Watkins Glen 104 points behind my, uh, lost a lot of on Martin. Lost 125 points in that span. In that span. Yeah. So uh, got the ship righted. They did this at Darlington last year and went on a tear through the playoffs. I would look for William and, and Rudy to do it forward from here. The way the broadcast ended, we had a nice chance to do some of this conversation like you just did, uh, just waiting for victory lane mm-hmm. and getting tires on cars and yeah. all this other stuff that we did. Uh, I really like one of the points you made about Bubba Wallace, and, and I want to take it. I did a pre-race interview with Bubba, and he said, last year I was here and every part of this racetrack was a struggle. This year, two parts of this racetrack is a struggle. 
that to me is a young driver finding his way in NASCAR. Is is, is that accurate? Yeah, I think definitely focus forward. And if you look at the run that he and Booty Barker put together, uh, I think he started about 12. Yep. Yeah, and he drove his way him. forward to, I think, eight. Yep. I mean, he just drove his way forward. He, he passed decent race cars, passed his teammate. Yep. The 45, uh, who, who's won multiple road course races in this next-gen car. So, uh, and then they put a solid day together. The only thing I would say that they might have missed on is they were late on that when, when the Chase Elliott caution came out. They hadn't made the cycle yet. They got, yeah. That buried them back with track position. Uh, you know, they, they, they got buried back with, uh, with the eight-car Kyle Busch. They, they both didn't make it. Bubba was the highest finishing uh, car that, that, that had to pit under caution there. Still came back to a 12th place finish. Yeah. What a solid day to come out with a 32-point buffer on Ty Gibbs, who yeah. actually ran on the front. Right. Yeah, ran up front. Yeah, I mean, exactly. he, ran, he ran top five you, you, most of the you day. Knew, you knew some of those guys he's racing against were going to be up front. Yes. And Ty so, was the one. Yeah. So they, they maintained their position against Ty. They, they ended up with a 32-point buffer going into, into Daytona. Now, we've got seven guys going to Daytona that have won at Daytona or Talladega <laughs> that don't have a win this year. So I'm, I, I, I'm not saying he's oh, a lock. We're not locking them in. Oh no, but, we're not locking them in, but they took a weak spot and, and, and held serve. They held serve. And actually I think separated themselves a little bit. Yeah. I mean, they, they've got at least the points lead they had coming mm-hmm. in, if not a little bit more, I think, yeah. I, a solid day and a progressive day for, for Bubba. And I feel like he said he had seven places he had to work on. He got it down to two. I think in the race he he worked in those two. Boy, that's that that's when a team and a driver is clicking, doing yes. their you know showing up, doing their homework and everything. Final point as far as individual drivers and and and, and uh, uh, Kevin Harvick, Rodney Childers, Brad Keselowski, Matt McCall, they are now playoff bound. They got themselves locked in. Stay tuned to see what goes on here. Yeah, I think this is going to be a great weekend at at, at Daytona. I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you're looking forward. I still look for Rodney and Kevin to figure out yeah. how to win this year. I don't think Kevin goes out on his last year without a win. I think they'll find a way to. They're they're just that good. Um, how about the t- progress that RFK Racing oh has gosh. made in the last half of the season? It's unreal. Um, I, I would say the only team that's been able to kind of keep pace on points with the JGR program. Gibbs, yeah. So, uh, you know, and I look for Brad to be a contender this weekend, especially with that mm-hmm. that removed. So. Really what Brad's got to do, there's a t- tight points battle from 6th on back. 6th yeah, to 12th, I think, yeah. is 14 points. Yeah, it's 14 points from 6th to 12th, and those are there's bonus points or playoff points in there. 6th in points gets 5 playoff points. Damn. And when you look at how it pays off, the top 10 get them, so it's 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, and it's 6th to 10th. And you could, a good race could elevate somebody like Tyler Reddick from 12th up to 6th. A bad race can, can drop you all the way out of the top 10. There's playoff points. It's going to be interesting how this playoffs out, but... uh. A lot of guys chasing those stage wins and a victory. A lot of stuff, that's for sure. Uh, Speaking of RFK Racing, their former engineer and current crew chief at Front Row Motorsports, Travis Peterson, is going to be our guest here on Wing Nation. Uh, He was a winning engineer on that run at Bristol last year. So uh, Wing Nation will be this afternoon. That's be with us today on, on crew nation? call. It's one of these call. days that we've got two things got going two on. Things and he's trying on. to prepare for both. Exactly. But, uh, that's it. Finally, Todd, real quick before we get to Travis here, um, a lot has been made about the duration of the race, the length yeah. of the race. Um, you know, the, the the way the race played out. What's your take on that? So we took stage breaks away. Right. You know, the stage cautions. We still gave stage points, and we've done that for road course racing. The immediate answer I think everybody's going to have is we need to put those back. Yeah. I, okay. I, I can get on board with putting them back. Um, it's not going to fix what we're looking for out of the racing. Uh, I think 
I think when we've got a, a, a race like this, uh, you look at Indianapolis, you look at Watkins Glen, uh, not a lot of lap time fall off, and mm-hmm. it becomes pretty straightforward as a two-stop race. Yeah. We've trained, we've got elite athletes on pit road, and we have mistakes made on pit road. Yes. We need to figure out how to get road course racing where we've got three to four stops minimum. Oh, wow. Okay. I, that's my, my thought. And if that's making the race longer or it's making the fuel run shorter, I think if we can get the guys to pit road and make the, even if we want to put stage cautions back in, that's fine. But we still got to get where we have to pit in the stages. Yeah. And that, that shakeup, I think we saw it this weekend. Oh my gosh. Michael McDowell with a mistake on pit road and the drive he had back trying to get back to where he could compete. Actually, after the first one, I said he was done. Right. But he drove his way back into the middle. Of eighth, of the I think he was yeah, eighth, yeah. I think he got eighth or seventh, I, I, yeah. and then had another mistake. Right. But if we can get and four was, or five but, times those opportunities. Right. He had another mistake, but with the cycle, he was on the right side of the Chase Elliott caution, yes. and he was 12th then. Yes. And then the engine failure t- took that way. So more chances for guys to make mistakes, but to rally back. I, I think I think yeah, both of those, and, yeah. and then opportunities for crew chiefs to make different calls. Calls, yeah. The, the race, even at Watkins Glen, play, played out. I think most, the only car that didn't pit from 17 to 22 was the six car who, who was weak. Right. And they went to 30. They were on the 30 60 plan and the caution just, of 58 just, or 57. Just, Matt McCall them, but, just had a piece of dice hoping that something, a caution in the right place would put them in a different spot. But if we can get them where they have to, you know, even if we don't make the race longer, we right. make it where they have to stop more times within it. I like that. I think I think that brings more opportunity yeah. for the comers and goers. I like that. We live in a society where it's like we either do A, stage breaks or not stage breaks. I, I like, we. sometimes we live in an A or B. I think this is D. I think you need nice. to hit on several things. Several things. I, I think some of it is, I mean, Goodyear continues to work on trying to soften up tires right. and get it's where the lap time goes away as the Boy, tires get nice used too. up. That'd be nice. Too. Um, if we could get a little bit more of that, maybe if mm. we carry a little less fuel in the cars, NASCAR's got ways to do things like that. Uh, maybe it ends up that 90 lap race becomes a hundred. Yeah. Maybe we, I mean, if we can get this to 230, 245. As far as length of time goes. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's uh, the two hours. We, we talked about it at 209, I think it was at Indy mm-hmm. and, and question that. We got to under two two hours, one fifty eight fifty nine. I don't know, just under two hours, yeah. maybe a little bit longer. But get it where we have to, where we have. I mean, we've got elite athletes on pit road. Let's put them to work. Let's put them to work. Yes, yeah. when they make mistakes, it becomes exciting. It does. Great, great stuff from Watkins Glen, and great stuff the week before at Indianapolis. We love talking to first time winners. And when we come back, first time winning crew chief from Indy, Travis Peterson from Front Row Motorsports. He joins us. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical, underage sale prohibited. Introducing Zone Nicotine Pouches, the perfect balance of unparalleled comfort, longer-lasting flavor, and nicotine that satisfies. Whether you're zoning in during the race or zoning out after a tough day at work, Zone gets you there faster and keeps you there longer. Available in seven flavors and in six and nine milligram strengths. Find Zone at zonepouches.com and retailers near you. Own your Zone with his own nicotine pouches. Welcome back. It is Crew Call here on the Motor Racing Network. Todd Gordon, Steve Post, and we love talking to fresh winning crew chiefs. Now, it's been a week, uh, the way the schedules all fell and guests and everything else, but a new winning crew chief on the Cup Series, Travis Peterson up at Front Row Motorsports, joins us from up at the shop. Uh, Travis, uh, welcome into Crew Call. Great to catch up with you, man. 
Hey guys, thanks for having me. Yeah, good good reasons to be on the call for sure. No doubt about it. We've had a week, we've had 10 days to kind of absorb the win, the text messages, maybe you've got through it, maybe you haven't, the getting back to the garage area. What's it mean to you now 10 days later to be a winning cup crew chief? Well, I'll be honest with you, catching up after the way our weekend ended this last one, it feels even better than it did the Monday after Indy because <laughs> Indy, uh, the, all the problems we had at the Glen didn't matter so much, but uh, it's been really special. Um, you know, I think everything about it's special, the win, where we did it, um, what you just mentioned, a lot of the people in the garage that came up and congratulated us and were happy for us, that, that part was really special to the, to the peer recognition part of it. It's been really awesome. Yeah, and you look at it, and I, I want to stay on that one, but what an iconic place to get your first win. I mean, I, I, to me, it's a special place. I mean, I work for, for Roger, but uh, kissing the bricks and, and getting that opportunity, Michael did a great job, and, and your team executed. You, you, you did everything you had to, called the race the right way, pit crew performed. Um, Got to love it when it's a team win like that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, to your point, the Indy's probably the second coolest racetrack after Daytona in all of motorsports, right? So that part was really neat. And then, like you said, to have the kind of caution-free, so to speak, race, the, the best car, executed, didn't screw up, didn't really lose the lead other than that one pit cycle, but then got it back. Um, you know, it was just a complete team win and a complete, everybody did their job all day long. And that, that part is really special for us for sure. You, you mentioned, you mentioned that fast race car. Um, this is a tough business. You're competing with teams with huge budgets and there's gotta be a satisfaction that you guys are massaging on the right things with your little team to, to have the fast race car at the racetrack. You've, you've done it a couple weeks in a row, as a matter of fact, now. Yeah, I mean, that part is certainly rewarding, and it's kind of something we we take some pride in at Front Row, being the smaller guys. We, we let that fuel us um, to try to beat the guys that have all the stuff. Um, I will say it's a huge testament in my mind just to the next-gen car and the way NASCAR went with this um, in terms of even having that opportunity. This, this deep into a new car, to be able to still find something or put the setup underneath it or you know, just assemble it the right way and still have a chance and not be behind eight ball on, you know, developing parts and pieces is, is a huge thing for us. And it's, it's awesome. Yeah, it, it, it is. And it's, it's leveled up the playing field some, but you still have to pay attention to all the details. And um, I'm going to, I'm going to go past the wind to this week, this past weekend, Watkins Glen. Um, I thought a really fast race car, really good position. actually thought your recovery was impressive, uh, you know, from, from a couple issues. Mm-hmm. Um, Drove through too many pit boxes. I really like the way you handled that on the radio. How do you communicate? How do the drivers keep up with that to know what the details are and, 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 and what their limits are and where they can go? And how much do you feel like backwards pit stops create some of the issues like what Michael had with driving through too many boxes? Yeah, you know, I think this is an area we, we just talked about in our debrief um, that me and Michael need to, to work on our communication. I think him being a veteran having done this so long, we just kind of took for granted that some of that stuff, he knew what he was doing. And until this issue, you know, he was like, Hey, it was totally on me. Like he took the blame, but he's like, let's work on how we can communicate to make it dummy proof where I don't even tell him to turn in at all or count five, four, three until he's able to turn in and things like that. So, you know, we, we learned some stuff we got to, to work on there as well. Um, but certainly that was what started to, trickle our day apart um that took us probably out of contention for the win but i think we were still going to have a shot at the top five which mm-hmm. uh was going to be exciting and then we had another pit road issue and we got lucky that time because 
the way the caution fell, we had already come back to serve our penalty and we were one of the few that pitted. So, um, you know, we thought we were staring down another top 10 for sure with a shot at the top five and then, then the motor came apart. So it just kept stacking on us yesterday. Yeah. And as you, as you look at it, I guess, uh, you know, build on that. Doug Yates does a great job of, of building stuff forward. Electrical issue? Was it a motor issue? What, 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 what did you determine out of that? It was actually a part failure. Um, I haven't seen a final report, but when we got it to the garage, you know, the way it shut off, we were wondering if it was ECU or if it was electrical, but uh, we did find some part failures. And, and I'd agree, they do a great job. We were just there after the win celebrating, tell them how great they were. And they're kind of joking afterwards. Like, I'm going to have to come back to the meeting this week instead, but <laughs> yeah. they, they do a great job and it's never really a problem with them. Yeah. 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 Uh, one more. I just want to build forward then. Uh, you know, you got the win in Indy. We've been through had speed here at Watkins Glen, going to Daytona, final regular season race of the year, a place that I feel like you guys are competitive every time you show up at Speedway races. How do you approach Daytona? How do you approach it as a two-card team? Do you do you focus on your teammate a little bit? Do you try to go get more of those you know those playoff points? You got you got a stage win last weekend to add the points. Uh, another win would be five more. Yeah. Um, you know, we talked about wanting to get to this stretch because we thought it'd be great for us. I don't think we expected how great it's been so far in terms of being one of the best cars every week. Um, but I'll tell you the way we're approaching this weekend is hundred percent. I did just joke with Todd. I said, we're, we're glued to you to push you to the win because we want to get you in. Um, but I told him that if we're pushing him to the stage win, I'd like him to pull over and let us have the stage points just in case he doesn't make it in on the win that we get the stage points, but we'll give him the win if he gives us both stages. So that's our plan. <laughs> oh, there's only 36 other guys that are going to impact that. It sounds like you got it all laid yeah. out really, really well. Travis, before, I want to talk a little playoff stuff like that, but you, you had talked about, you know, you, you, you pitted at the right time and found the right break. You've been a gambler this year across the board on a lot of the oval tracks. Sometimes it's really, really benefited you. Sometimes it's bitten you on the keister a little bit. But, but what's What's your sense? Do you, I mean, do you have a checklist of different options, ideas? How do you, how do you approach an event like that? And, and as the race unfolds, when do you pull the trigger on a gamble like that? Well, man, I can't give you my secret sauce because people have been talking to me about it. So it must mean I'm doing okay. But um, <laughs> I, I think it's just, it's always situational. It's really hard to plan going into a race and say, this is exactly what's going to happen. And here's what I want to do. So you, you take into account the way the first stage goes and the way the second stage goes and where you're running. Do I have the speed to get to the front or not? If, if I don't, why not take the risk? Because if I can't drive through guys with four tires, then I might as well get up there and try it. Right. But um, that, that's probably the gist of it, right? It's just situational and you got to kind of adapt in the moment every single time. Yeah. yeah I'd say it's, it's, it, you've done a pretty good job of it. It's bitch a couple times, but it, I would say you have a very good success to, to yeah. failure ratio there. Uh, uh, done a, done a really good job with it. Um, talking a little Daytona as, as I started to, but, uh, we, when we go to Daytona, we see mm. manufacturers line up, right? The Fords work their plan together. The Chevrolets work their plan together. The Toyotas still trying to figure out where six can add a few more to, to, to do what they do. How do you see this playing out this time with every major organization other than RFK having their own agenda because they need to get one of their cars through? Do you think that splits some of the manufacturer stuff up? Yeah, we were just talking about it because this is probably one of the craziest situations we've had in a while where everybody's going to kind of be on their own to help their one teammate. Um, I think throughout the race, though, you're going to see the manufacturer work together because it still benefits all of us, even the guys that need to push their teammates to win. I think you're going to see after the final fuel cycle, everybody's going to be on their own strategy trying to help their own guy. 
Um, and you're going to work with whoever's working with you best that day. And you're going to work with whoever's benefiting you in that moment or whoever you need to take from, you're going to take from. And that's just how it's going to go. This is going to be quite the race, I think. And I'm really even more happy, again, that we don't have to stress to win this one because it's going to be nuts. I can yeah I I can cannot imagine going to Daytona with a need to win. That's just uh that's a that's a that's a tough recipe. Uh tough recipe because so much is out of your control. We roll through Daytona, you guys get on there, you 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 move forward into the playoffs. When you look uh at that first round Travis, what stands out to you about the first round? What types of things are you going to be looking at when we roll into Darlington in 2 weeks? Yeah, you know, Michael had some strong runs last year at Darlington in both races. Um, so we kind of look at that one as a, as a decent opportunity to build on the success we've had lately of unloading fast and being comfortable with the car. Um, we didn't do great there in the spring, so we definitely have to go back to the notebook and figure out what to do better. Um, I think Kansas is probably our biggest wild card, just, you know, the typical smaller team. You're a little farther behind at those types of tracks. But, um, you know, we had some good speed in Kansas, too. And, and Bristol is probably the one I'm looking forward to the most. I feel like we have a good package to work from there. And um, really looking forward to getting there and hopefully just not beating ourselves that first round. That's what everybody always talks about in the first round. So if we can use Michael's venture and mindset and just execute using the little bit of stage points or playoff points we have, um, where our focus is don't beat ourselves in the first one, hopefully have enough speed to make it and then go like second in the second round. Yeah, that's, I think, a very good one. You don't need to win to get through the first one. You just need not to have a disaster, right? So you control yourself, uh, get out of Darlington with what you can and, and take what you got and, and go to a couple of places that you feel like you can, you can continue to build off of. Um, it, technical Alliance, you've got a little bit of a, you know, your history. Uh, you came from RFK. You were, I think, engineer on the 17 car, or one, one of yeah. the two cars there. Uh, the relationship you have with RFK, as you guys have become better, how well is that re- relationship, you know, maturing? And, and do you still get a lot out of it? Are are you more kind of talking back and forth because of success that Front Rose had? It's not really changed, and and I say that in terms of we haven't really shared more information back and forth. We haven't been in meetings with each other. Our our technical alliance is pretty black and white, and what they provide to us, and and that's what we get. And that was a, a thing I had to swallow when I came over here after having worked there so long. And being so close to those guys, you know, I probably took a little too much advantage of walking around the shop and talking to the guys I knew when we went back there to use their Hawkeye, because that's one of the things we do. And, you know, it slowly trickled into very minimal conversation and not a lot of stuff coming the other way. So, uh, you know, that's just nature of it. You know, I, I did choose to leave and I went somewhere else and they have to follow their contract and the things they sign up for their own performance. But I will say, I, I'm, I think it's really neat to have been at that place last year not made the playoffs and knew how hard that was for everybody for them to have both cars in and for us to be in i feel like you know three cars that i've had a little bit of a hand in are all in the playoffs this year and it's pretty cool to see it's you kind of have a little bit of a friendship alliance that's not just the typical competitor mindset you found yourself in a really neat spot this year. Blake Harris had done a wonderful job up at front row motorsports and the team had advanced it had moved forward Blake obviously gets the opportunity to go to Hendrick Motorsports. You have the meeting. We've talked about the lunch meeting. Everybody's talked about the lunch meeting. But moving the ball forward, um, how have you, you know, what what things did you pinpoint that you needed to work on to keep moving the front row motorsports ball forward? Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to lie. It was time to bite off when I first showed up, right? My first time being a crew chief, we had to build a team. Um, They were rebuilding the 38 as far as finding a crew chief and then restructuring some of the shops. So, I think there's been goods and bads, right? It was uh, drinking out of a fire hose right away, but 
what's been cool is because it was kind of a fresh rebuild, the way they restructured everything, we could take our own opportunities to just do what we wanted to do and run with it. There wasn't any changing the way they did it. It was everything was fresh, do what we think is best. And, you know, I think I'm one of the first engineer based crew chiefs that Michael hired. And I think that kind of gave me a fresh take on it compared to some of the ways he's done it before. But then they've had all those strengths that those guys brought to help build procedures and stuff into the shop. And so I was able to run with a lot of that. It's, worked out all right yeah and, and and as you look forward to 24 you got both drivers signed back up i think a continuity within the program um how do you how do you see your progression you've gotten from you know from a team that kind of participated to a team that started to compete to now a, a team that wins and gets into the playoffs uh in a couple years in a row it's how do you progress forward for 2024 what do you have to work on yeah, I think just what you said about having the drivers locked in and, you know, keeping everything the same is not something they've done through an offseason. Usually their offseason is all about rebuilding and finding people. So this will be a great opportunity for us to refine, refine our processes, procedures, um, you know, try to replace key elements that we think we need to or bring in extra people. If we, you know, we do well enough, we might be able to get more staff. That's the little thing we fight at the small team, right? So um, being able to focus solely on that for the couple months of the offseason and make everything better is what all the big teams do because they're stable every single time and, and we finally have that opportunity. So really looking forward to just, you know, you were talking about earlier the devils in the details and that's what we can hopefully make better is all of our little detail work. Finally, before we cut you loose, I'd like to go off the track just a little bit. A little personal here. I've got a couple different topics. I'll talk about the, the least important one right now. My understanding is you're a craft beer guy. Okay, so uh, do you do you do you get a chance to do that on the road? Uh, Charlotte's a pretty good craft beer town. Are there some are there some favorite spots you find as you travel around? Yeah, I mean the road side of it is kind of where that started because so many of these schedules you get out at one o'clock in the afternoon on the Saturday and you don't have to go back for a while, so you can go find some local place to hang out. And I really do enjoy that vibe. Just a lot of times there's an outdoor area or just something new to try and. You find a food truck you've never had and a beer you've never drank. It's kind of just a cool place to hang out for a little while. Really is. That's are, for sure. Are you an IPA guy? Are you a stout guy? What are you? I've gone all over the place. I mean, I think as soon as you start to delve into craft, you usually go with IPAs a lot. Um, but I've done some beer shares with guys where we're drinking all kinds of weird stuff that's like cereal stouts and, you know, stuff from Belgium and all these places. And so it's kind of been unique. and. Now I just change by the time of day. Like if it's a hot summer day, I usually like to find maybe a, a shandy or a, a lager, even just something more plain just because it's hot. But I, I move around based on my mood. I awesome. love it. I love it. As a, as, a, as a very novice craft beer guy, I respect that. I think that is really awesome. Far more important than craft beer and even more important than IndyCar wins, you are on or close to baby watch. How is it going? What's, what's, what's the process here? What's the due time? Where are we at with that? Yeah, we're real close. Um, you know, I've been able to be fortunate to go to most of the appointments because we schedule them on Mondays with my wife and we're starting to schedule them to Thursday because we've reached the point where they may or may not tell us I shouldn't go to the racetrack this weekend. So um, it's, it's going to be crazy. We, we knew when we found out we were pregnant and the timing of it, I said, man, we're going to make these playoffs because it's going to make it so hard on me in that first round because that's when the due date is. Um, and we're at that point and I've told Michael, I'm probably not going to Kansas. So it's, it's going to be exciting for us. Well, I, I want to add to that one, just, just a little bit of old knowledge for a guy that 18 years ago went through this. It was Kansas. So my youngest, we went to the doctor's appointment on Thursday, said, we're all good. Going to induce on Monday, hopped on a plane to Kansas 
had a daughter Friday morning. Well, did you really? Yeah. So, <laughs> just telling you, Kansas yeah. is not That's my wife's favorite racetrack. Not going. I can go to Bristol and Darlington because I can drive. The other two, I don't think I'll make it back from. Yeah. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Such an exciting time with all of the stuff on the track and with the family as well. Travis, we appreciate the time. Congratulations on the success. And uh, I just love the, the the little team, the mentality you guys have up there. I've always liked the scrap in Michael McDowell. He yes. has always been a scrapper. And I just love the fact that he's got a scrapper as a crew chief as well. I think that's really, really cool. Congratulations, and we'll see you down the road. Thanks, guys. I hope we uh, shake up some playoffs for sure. There we go. Love it. Absolutely. Travis Peterson joining us from Front Row Motorsports. Stay with us. More Crew Call in just a moment. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Welcome back. It is Crew Call here on the Motor Racing Network. Todd Gordon and Steve Post. And uh, boy, a lot of excitement in the Peterson household. A lot of excitement at Front Row Motorsports. It's, it's neat. It really is. It is. It is. And I think this is part of what NASCAR wanted to create with this next-gen car where we've got teams that we don't have to just be the major teams to be competitive. Yep. Now, they had to put everything together. They had to have no the doubt. right day come together. Uh, no breaks, no caution flag stops helped them with their win at, at Indy. I think if they had to come under caution, it probably puts them in a bigger hole. Uh, but uh, a great run there. I love what, you know, we talked about Blake Harris and what he had done with this program. Yeah. Travis has, has continued this program. Yeah, going. I mean, keep, keep it didn't going. back up at all. No. It's Travis picked up the ball and kept running. It's, it really is. It really is amazing to watch. And I want to put it to everybody. It's not Travis. It's Travis. It's it's uh, Ryan Burgundy. It's it's the whole program there. And I to his point, as he talked about, signing the guys back up, having more continuity, that will only help them grow the program next year. I go back when this car was introduced. I rolled into Daytona last year, the first race of the car, and I have a pretty good relationship with Michael McDowell. I mm-hmm. uh, spent a lot of time talking with him um, on, on stuff. And I said, you know, this car, is it going to do? He said, well, one thing it does, I know when we roll it out of the box, it's the same as everyone else. Parts and pieces. Yes. The parts and pieces. Yes. Because a team like Front Row, some of these small teams, many times they're generations behind in cars, you know, in technology. They, they have an alliance yes. with RFK. Yep. You're not getting the A-car. You're getting the A-car from a month ago. You're getting what just got replaced by the A-car. Reco- yeah, exactly. You're getting what got replaced by the A-car. Mm-hmm. And Michael said, that is very, very big for us. Now, what we do with yeah. the parts and pieces, and that's to your point, they're able to do the right things with the parts and pieces to, to make it competitive. But they have the same parts and pieces. And if you if you got to the point and you hadn't been to a race shop and you go to visit the race shop, you're going to be impressed. Yeah, I mean, they're they're. I interviewed Ryan Burgundy uh, yeah. last night about this yeah. on on, on uh, the late shift, and you know they've got ferro arms, they've got optical scanners, they yeah. they're doing all of the things. Gosh. They go to RFK to use a Hawkeye so that they can do a last scan of how NASCAR is going to look at it. But they've got the tools to do it in house. Yeah. It's like like he talked about. If we can add a little more people, if we can add the resources, that's the pieces. Now, after you get out of that program and get impressed, and you, then you go to a Hendrick, you go to a JGR, you go to a Penske, it's going to be like, blew the doors off. But 
they're doing a great job up there of continuing to build this program. And it, it's year after year, it gets a little bit better yeah. and it's going to be fun to watch. What this has do. been the Bob Jenkins model for 10 yeah. years. Yes. I talked to David Reagan about this and we, we're not, we're not going to be cup champions next year. We're going to be better next year than we were last year. Mm-hmm. And by gosh, when you start to look at it now, they're, they're rolling along well. Yeah. Great, great stuff. Really appreciate Travis spending some time with us. Off to Daytona, and I think you and Travis laid this out. No idea what you need to do as a race car driver because you've got your, your self-interest, you've got your teammates' interest, yeah. you've got your manufacturer's interest. I can't even fathom how this thing's going to play out. Well, and you look at it this year, and, and I, I, I touched on a little bit of it, but Hendrick has two cars they're trying to get in. RCR has one. Trackhouse has one. JGR has one. 2311 is trying to protect Bubba's position. Penske has the two car to get in. Stuart Haas has three cars that aren't in. RFK's... RFK and and the 34 car are like... Yeah. Hey, let's see what the weekend looks like. It's going to... It's it's stress-free. I love where he's at, and he made the point. Like this... We said it off camera. Okay. When we got done with the interview. Yeah, when we got done, he kind of brought it back up. But this is a stress-free weekend for the 3014. We've got our win. Let's yep. go see if we can get a stage win. Uh, yeah. Like he said, let, let's go see if we can get some playoff points. But at the end of the day, this isn't a stressful race for us. And there's a lot of cars that it is. Yeah. And, and not only that, it's not only the guys that haven't won, as we talked about to start with. It's Brad Keselowski back to it's Tyler Reddick. Position. It's that point battle, too. There, there's a battle going on in there. There's a lot of teams that are going to be up on edge. And he gets to sit back and just enjoy this. Mm-hmm. Take the mental break. Have fun with it and prepare for Darlington. Prepare for Darlington because the mental break is over then. Yep. And, and, then and you're focused forward. And at that yeah. point, it doesn't matter. Yeah. At, once I got to the playoffs, I was up at 3 a.m. every morning. Then you're just on. Then it becomes the routine. And it wasn't I, my alarm clock. No. It was my internal your clock. Mind. It was my, your mind. I just my wind, what, mind said we got to get going. What did we, what did we, what did we leave off the checklist? It was. It was, it was, yeah. my, when, when I was a crew chief, when once yeah. the playoffs started, my brain turned on at 3 a.m. Yeah. That's it was I, I if I, I got four to five hours of sleep a night, yeah, that was it. Yeah, I have a hunch just chatting with him a little bit. His brain's probably worn yep. wide open as well. Yeah, and it's just part of what happens when yeah. you when you get to this time, well, and then you get done with the playoffs, or when you get eliminated, which you hope yeah. is when you get done with the playoffs. Yeah, you right? hope is uh, you're you're eliminated in Phoenix. And Your body crashes for like four days. <laughs> That's the the post the post Phoenix uh, illness, the post Phoenix crud. Everybody comes home from Phoenix. 50% of the people will be sick, will be, or be yeah. exhausted, or yep. wore out, or tired. Yep. It just is. Yep. yep. It's, it's a fun time, and you, you wouldn't trade time. it for anything. Great time, I love sure. I love Travis's opportunity ahead of him at rookie yeah. crew chief in a playoff. Man, isn't that awesome? Good stuff. Daytona International Speedway is where it all is next. We'll be there Friday night, 5 o'clock, NASCAR Cup Series qualifying. No practice, just qualifying. Mm-hmm. Uh, 7 o'clock, NASCAR Xfinity Series, the Wawa 250, presented by Coca-Cola. Our airtime Saturday for the Coke Zero 400 on Motor Racing Network is 6 o'clock. We're not done. Moving to the Milwaukee Mile. 1 o'clock Sunday afternoon, the Arkham Menard Series, the Specker 150. And at 3.30, the NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series, Clean Harbor 175, round uh, race two of round one of their playoffs. Ty Majeski is locked on to the next one. Everyone else is scratching and clawing. Loving the trucks at Milwaukee. Ah, the trucks at Milwaukee on a Sunday afternoon. That's, That's going to be awesome. That is going to be awesome. Motor Racing Network, all four premier divisions, the Arkham Menard Series, the Craftsman Truck Series, the Xfinity Series, and the Cup Series this weekend on the Motor Racing Network.
Thank you to Travis Peterson and the gang up at Front Row Motorsports for the time today. More important, though, than all of that, we thank you for joining us and spending your time with us here this time on Crew Call.